Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Welcome to Montessori Talks, where we talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment and other things related to Montessori education as well. My name is Letty Rising, and I am your host. And today we are going to be talking about a topic that is probably something that comes up for teachers often, and it is executive functioning. More specifically, we're going to talk about how to support executive functioning in the Montessori elementary classroom. But before we go into that, it's probably a good idea to describe what it is. So executive functioning refers to a set of skills that help us control and manage a range of abilities that we have or maybe don't have as much of that we need more of, including planning, initiating and completing tasks, as well as managing time, attention and emotions. These skills help us prioritize what we need to do, manage our thoughts and emotions and make good decisions. Disruptions in these processes can impact our daily functioning and our personal relationships. Understanding and improving executive functioning skills can play a key role in promoting success and well-being, and this is true for children and adults. Carefully crafted routines, systems, designs, and structure of a Montessori environment provide a comprehensive support system for children's developing executive functioning skills. These skills, which include flexible thinking, decision-making, planning, self-monitoring, adaptability, self-control, working memory, time management, and organization, plus other things as well, are crucial for children's academic and social success. In a Montessori environment, the practice of freedom within structure allows students the opportunity to practice numerous executive functioning skills in a way they would not be able to experience if they were in a highly teacher-directed environment. 
So let's go a little bit more in depth into the variety of different ways in which executive functioning shows up in a Montessori classroom and how it is supported. Let's start with the idea of independence. The Montessori approach places great emphasis on independence and autonomy and agency. We really want the children to be directing their lives in many ways, in as many ways as possible. Children are encouraged to make their own decisions and take responsibility for their learning environment. This not only helps to foster self-control and self-monitoring, but it also empowers children to take ownership of their learning experience. For example, a child might choose to work on a specific project or activity and then plan out the steps that they need to complete it. This includes deciding what materials are needed for the activity, whether or not to collaborate with others, and if so, who they will collaborate with. They need to think about where to source the necessary materials, what is the first step, what is the next step, and so on. All of these little decisions involved within the life cycle of a project help students develop planning skills and a sense of responsibility. An environment that supports independence is a space that offers opportunities to practice various executive functioning skills. So if a child is in a traditional learning environment where it is highly teacher-directed, they don't have as many opportunities to practice these executive functioning skills. And so having an environment that supports independence means that children have opportunities to refine these skills and get better at them over time. And that's a really wonderful advantage that they have that is going to support them throughout their lives. Planning is another important executive functioning skill that is supported in a Montessori elementary classroom. Children are given the opportunity to set goals and create a plan for achieving them. This may involve deciding on a specific activity or project to work on, or it may involve creating a schedule for completing work over the course of a week or month. What kinds of materials are needed for the project, and are they readily available, or do they need to be acquired elsewhere? How long will this project take? Will it be worked on consistently until it's finished or taken on in bite-sized chunks throughout one or more weeks? Having a sense of a plan and following a plan is a really valuable skill for the children to learn how to develop and also knowing that they can modify that plan, which goes into the flexibility that we're going to talk about in a minute. In addition to fostering individual skills, the Montessori classroom also emphasizes group work and collaboration. Children are encouraged to work together and support one another in achieving their goals. This helps to develop social skills and also helps children learn how to plan and coordinate with others. Imagine a group of children working together to design a class presentation or project. They might brainstorm ideas, assign tasks, and create a timeline for completion. This not only helps to develop their planning skills that they've been working on, but it also promotes teamwork and communication. So that collaboration is really important as they are discussing and debating and negotiating and collaborating they are working through a variety of interesting and important skills that involve communication. And these communication skills are going to help them not only in the classroom, but beyond the classroom as well. 
Another key aspect of the Montessori classroom is its emphasis on adaptability and flexible thinking. The classroom is set up with a variety of materials and activities that allow children to explore and discover at their own pace. This encourages children to think creatively and adapt to new situations. For example, a child might decide to take on a huge project and discover early on that they need to scale back their plans or revamp their existing timeline for completion. Another example would be student exploration and experimentation, which gives students opportunities to try new things and fail and then try again. This very process helps develop flexible thinking skills. Adaptability and flexible thinking increases as the prepared environment helps students foster a growth mindset and encourages them to try new things and persevere in the face of challenges. So that whole idea of flexibility is going to help them also with cognitive flexibility when things change and also help them with, you know, emotional flexibility too, which means that when things aren't going to happen that they were counting on and it shifts and learning to be adaptable and respond by looking at other options available in the environment. Another aspect that is seen in a Montessori classroom that helps executive functioning is time management. It's an important executive functioning skill, and children are free to choose their own activities and set their own pace in a Montessori environment, which helps them learn how to manage their time more effectively. In addition, the classroom is structured to allow for periods of focused work as well as self-initiated breaks. This helps children learn to balance their workload and prioritize their tasks. For example, a child might decide to work on a math lesson for 30 or 40 minutes, or maybe they had a math lesson and they're doing follow-up work for 30 or 40 minutes, and then maybe they're going to take a 10-minute break to go have a snack or read a little book, and then they're going to return to work with a renewed focus and energy. They learn how to balance their time so it's not like we're saying, okay, now it's time for recess, now it's time for you to eat your snack. We allow them to learn to listen to their own body and integrate it within the work cycle. And this helps them manage their time. It helps them um, figure out how much time they have in a work cycle, looking at all the possible things they're going to be doing during that work cycle and to plan accordingly. Organization is another important skill that is supported in a Montessori classroom. Children are encouraged to keep their work areas tidy and to put materials away when they're finished using them. This helps children to develop a sense of order and helps them learn to keep track of their belongings. It's not uncommon for a Montessori classroom to have a designated area for each child's materials, such as a shelf or a cubby, that is going to help them foster a sense of ownership and responsibility. And the child's materials are often kept in these areas, and their materials often include a binder or a portfolio where students can keep their work organized. What can teachers do to support executive functioning skills in the Montessori elementary classroom? Here are a few actionable steps that you can take. You want to encourage independence and autonomy. Allow the children to make their own decisions and take responsibility for their learning environment. This includes, at the very least, offering a range of projects and activities and allowing them to choose what to work on. 
Ideally, let them choose what, where, when, and how they work. Encourage them to self-assess and self-reflect. Now, I also want to put a caveat here that we want to encourage their independence and autonomy when it comes to their work. This doesn't mean that they're allowed to run around the classroom and act crazy and go and disturb others who are working. When we are talking about independence, we're talking about a mature and self-regulated independence. And so we want to give the children who are ready for that freedom to have it. You might have some children who are not ready for independence and autonomy, and they only need to be able to do this in little small steps that you are scaffolding at the beginning. And as they get better at it, then they can have more independence. You want to start off giving them as much as they can handle, no more and no less. You also want to foster collaboration and teamwork. Encourage children to work together and support one another in achieving their goals. This is best introduced by modeling what collaboration and teamwork look like. Whether you model with an assistant teacher in front of the students or become the child in some group work, like you're the older child and you're helping them and supporting them in their group work efforts, your initial support will help them grow in this area. Also, plan activities that require students to work together to achieve a common goal. Games are wonderful examples of activities, as are small group lessons and even just some random activities with a specific goal in mind at the beginning of the year to maybe you have a goal to make sure that the class is really aligning and connecting with each other. And you might do some sort of like, I guess, icebreakers or community building type games. Promote adaptability and flexible thinking. You want to provide hands-on materials and activities that encourage students to explore, to experiment, and discover on their own. Emphasize the process of learning rather than just the end result and view mistakes as opportunities for growth and learning, promoting a flexible and adaptable mindset. You are the best person for modeling. Oops, I made a mistake. Oh my goodness. Let me just try it again and kind of laughing it off and being okay with making mistakes. You want to purposely show them that you make mistakes sometimes so that they know that they have permission to make mistakes as well. You want to support time management skills, allow children to choose their own activities and set their own pace and structure the classroom to allow for periods of focused work as well as breaks and free time. Teach students to reflect on how they use their time and to set goals for managing their time effectively. Establish predictable routines for activities such as work periods or transitions or cleaning up. And these will promote good time management skills. Help children learn to prioritize their tasks and their time. And this can best be done when you are one-on-one -on -one conferencing with them. And if you see that they made some goals for themselves or they set some goals the week before, and then you're sort of reviewing their work and they said, you know, I really didn't get to most of these things. And then maybe you can talk about like, what's the best way to get to these things that you either need to practice or you want to do, but you just didn't have a chance to get to. How can we prioritize your work? Maybe first thing in the morning, you're going to jump in and do math because you feel like you think better in the morning and you can solve problems better then. 
Or maybe math is your least favorite thing and you want to get it done first so you can rush into writing your report on ancient Egyptians, you can definitely talk with them about prioritization in order to help them become more efficient and be able to really feel successful and not not develop or get into the habit of procrastination, which many of us have as adults. Encourage organization. Help children develop a sense of order by encouraging them to keep their work areas tidy and put their materials away when they're finished using them. Implement routines and procedures for organizing materials and equipment. Teach students how to categorize, label, and store materials. Demonstrate good organizational habits, such as keeping the work environment clean and tidy and provide appropriate storage solutions for their materials, such as trays and baskets and shelves, anything that is going to promote organization and self-sufficiency. And a good rule of thumb is if you see piles of things around the classroom, or if if the children have lots of loose papers at the end of the day, kind of laying around, you might want to think, you know, do I have enough systems in place to where the children know where to put their work when they're done, or where to put things away? And making sure you have enough trays, baskets, and shelves to help that organization is going to really help them develop a sense of internal order and external order. So if you are three to six trained for the children's house, or if you have more knowledge of that of that particular age band, you'll know that the focus is very much on external order in that age. And a lot of times people say, oh, we're not as much focusing on external order in elementary because they're developing their internal sense of order. And while that is true, we still need to be there to support external order. And that doesn't mean that we are running around and trying to have them tidy up every minute of the day when they're working because elementary children do make big messes when they're doing big, messy projects. It's all about restoring order at the end of the work cycle or at the end of the day and helping them understand how to clean up and how to put things away. So they need to know where things are stored and they need to know what it means to clean up. That means take your books and put them on the shelf, take your binder and put it in your cubby. You might need to be really specific around this. You want to provide feedback and support. This is very important as well. Offer guidance and support as needed, but also allow children to make mistakes and learn from them. Encourage students to reflect on their own work provide specific feedback that offers actionable steps for growth and development when you are giving them the feedback and provide opportunities for students to apply that feedback and improve their skills and understanding, which is going to promote a love of learning and also a sense of trust and connection with you. But having them get feedback, learn how to receive feedback and give feedback and apply feedback This is going to help foster a sense of responsibility, and it's going to help the children also learn how to self-monitor and self-regulate, because that's the goal. Because sometimes people use the word feedback, and it really is a friendly or guised word for criticism. And this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about 
asking them questions, you know, what do you think you would do in this situation? Have you ever thought of expanding this report that you wrote a couple of months ago to include these other thoughts? Or what do you think about adding a little more dialogue to this? Providing feedback by asking questions is a really great way to provide feedback and it feels supportive in nature. So by taking all of the steps that I just described, teachers can create a supportive and nurturing environment that helps children develop the executive functioning skills they need to succeed in school and in life, because it's actually really hard for some children to develop these. And a Montessori environment, some people might say that that it's not set up for children who are weak in their executive functioning skills, but I actually think it is the perfect environment because the children have opportunities to practice it. So if a child is weak in executive functioning and they are in a highly teacher-directed environment, then when are they ever going to have the chance to practice that? And so as they get older and become adults, they are going to be at a disadvantage. So It is a little bit more challenging, perhaps, for the Montessori teacher who is really working with these children who are struggling with navigating the environment independently. But if they don't practice, they aren't going to get better. And it is through their continued practice that they will get better. Some of your students will get better quickly and some will take a long time. But we all have different ways and paces that we move in the world. And some children with less adaptive, less developed executive functioning skills are going to have a little bit of a harder time and are going to need your compassion and your grace. So the Montessori elementary classroom is designed in the ideal way to support the development of executive functioning skills. And you as a teacher can take specific actions, such as the ones described earlier, that will further support these skills in the classrooms. The Montessori approach offers a robust and engaging and dynamic environment for helping children develop these skills that they need to thrive and to succeed. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.